Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of The Gunshot. I'm Grant Gunn. I'm joined with my sister, Lauren, writer at Mavs Moneyball and a co-host of the Blue Hardwood podcast. Lauren, we had a week in Texas. It was a little rough. Uh, I'll give my kind of uh, experience for the week, and then I'll let you give yours, because I know you had it a little little rougher than I did. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, we all grew up in the Dallas area in Allen. Um, Lauren's currently in college at San Marcos down at Texas State. Um, and I currently live in Richardson, live up in, and work in the Dallas area. So my fiance and I, we met in high school. Uh, so her family's up here too. But we, Monday morning, uh, I actually got up and started to get ready for work. Uh, I've been working from home since last March, but the power went out right after I got out of the shower that morning, like around 8.30 for us. And it was out all day and it started to get real cold um, and, and, without internet, without power, I didn't have a ton of work to do. So like by 10 30, 11 o'clock, I was kind of done for the day because I just couldn't really reach anybody. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't work on anything. And uh, so my fiance and I decided like, all right, what are we going to do? Do we want to go to my parents' house who they live up in McKinney, which is about 30 minutes north of where we are. Um, and we, we had been talking to them and they had power, they had heat. So that kind of was like looking look like a good option. We packed everything up. And literally right before we left, the power kicked back on. And we're like, oh my gosh, maybe it's on for good. And of course, what did we know? But at that point, Monday afternoon, it's like four o'clock. We immediately cooked dinner because we don't know if the power is going to kick back off. Um, my fiance took a shower real quick because now that the heat was back on, she, she didn't want to walk around with wet hair and be cold. <laughs> so she took a shower real quick. I cooked dinner. We ate. And then right as everything's like starting to seem normal, like five o'clock, it shuts off again. And we're like, oh, gosh. And we kind of were in that point where we had to decide, all right, are we leaving now? Because we did not want to drive in the ice and the snow in the dark. Um, and we just decided, all right, we're going. So we packed up I mean, we kind of had all of our stuff still packed pretty much. So we loaded the car, loaded our dog in the car and drove over to our parents up in McKinney. Now, we took the back roads. We didn't want to go down the highway. Um, and so that was a little interesting. It took us about an hour and 10 minutes to drive, oh which was which was a little rough, but we made it. Uh, everything was good. And we stayed at my parents' house who had luckily had power and heat um, pretty much all the way. We came back Thursday evening. So we were there Monday night, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, and then came back Thursday afternoon when everything was kind of squared away in our apartment. Uh, we had some friends that we touched base with here at the apartment, and they um they were telling us that it didn't have power and we got an email that some pipes had burst in some of the units at our apartment complex but luckily ours was not affected um so we came back pretty much um a-okay as far as things went for us so um definitely could have been much worse for us but we were very lucky that we had a place to go uh we got to schluff it up and see mom and dad and of course uh, our dog Sophie absolutely loves all the handouts and treats she gets while she was up there, so she had a blast. <laughs> uh, but Lauren, you were not so lucky. Lauren, how was your yeah, uh, couple no. of days? No, it was pretty brutal. Um, so to try, I, honestly, it all kind of seems like a blur, and I think a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of people were kind of what is happening right now. We just weren't really that prepared for this. Um, but yeah, so I was, my roommate is doing an internship right now. So I essentially live alone and 
I remember when the power went out the, like the first time. And I was like, no way, like no way. And the house, like you said, started to get real cold and it was just, it was brutal. And I had no idea when the power was going to come back on. And I think, I think after it went off the first or went out the first time it came back on pretty quickly, kind of same, same with you, but then it, it cut out again. And so, um, I realized that this, I have no idea when it's going to, when it's going to come back on and it's going to start to get really, really cold, really, really fast. And, um, I don't know, it was kind of the same situation for one day. I guess the only thing that's really worth mentioning was, which I thought was, it was a funny moment. Not, well, it's funny now, was not funny then, but, um, I was sitting in my car trying to charge my phone and like defrost. And I was sitting there and a bunch of people were doing the same. A bunch of my neighbors were all in our cars. Like the windows are fogged, whatever. Everyone's trying to just bundle up. And all of a sudden the entire housing complex lights up like a Christmas tree. Like every single house just turns on. And it was like, oh my God, we can make dinner. Like, we don't know how long this power is going to last. Run in, like either grab a shower, do whatever. We don't know how long it's going to last. And everyone like with the snow and the ice just runs out of their car and they're like screaming like, oh my God, oh my God, dinner. Everybody's going to make dinner. And so I'm like running in my house. Like, is this, is this really happening? The power's back on. And, um, as soon as I get in, I lock my door, I run over, I turn the stove on, I turn the Keurig on. And as soon as I hit the power button, uh, everything turns off. Like everything just turns back off. And all I wanted was a cup of coffee. You know, me, all I needed was a cup of coffee. Um, (laughs) and yeah, it was like one of the most insane moments because I could hear and feel my own joy and everybody else's joy when we saw that our power was back on. But I, it had to be 90 seconds later, everything just off. And I had a moment where I was like, so frustrated. And I was like, no, it was awful, but uh, we're doing okay now. Power's back. I hope, uh, I hope everyone else in the, in the DFW area and everywhere else uh, is, is doing okay and is getting their stuff back soon. And, and hopefully things can, can kind of get back to normal because it has definitely been a lot of craziness. So. Absolutely. Uh, we're recording Saturday, February 20th. I know there are still some people without power uh, and water is not readily available everywhere. Um, I know they've, they've put us on a kind of conservation watch where we are, um, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully things kind of return to normal over the weekend and next week. I know it's supposed to warm up Texas weather for you. I think it's supposed to be like 70. mid 60s or 70s yeah. next week. So Crazy. that should tell you everything you need to know about Texas, but Looks like everything's good. I know we were we were talking on the phone with you a couple times because you were just sitting in your car, had nothing to do. And oh so gosh. we were trying to keep you company as best we could. But yeah, we knew you were struggling, but we're glad you're okay. So appreciate it. Yeah, I know you guys, you guys kept my sanity because I was like, <laughs> what do I do? It was brutal, but it's all good. We're hanging yep. in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest moment of excitement, you you finally drove and got gas one day and you're Mm -hmm. on the phone with dad and I'm I'm working in another room, just kind of half listening. And I heard you, you drove by Chick-fil-A and noticed it was open and you were so happy. And I think it Mm -hmm. was, it might've been, it it must've been the middle of the day. And and I think you said you waited like an hour or something, but it was absolutely worth it. And that was probably even the highlight of our day because we were just (laughs) all cold and miserable, but yeah, I, I've got a soft spot for the Chick-fil-A. And at that point I was, I was out of, I wasn't completely out of food, but the food that I had was not the best and I didn't really have any way to heat anything up. And so I was just over it, trying to find any place that was open. Cause the roads were some, they were drivable. And so 
like there was still ice and stuff and power was, was, was obviously not available. So I, I just didn't know what to expect. But then when I saw the Chick-fil-A open, <laughs> I, oh my God, just euphoria. It was just like, wow, it was, it was magical. So yes, worth the wait. But anyway, well, good. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to some NBA talk now that uh, I guess that's what we're here for mm-hmm. uh, today. I think we're going to talk about uh who we think the all-star snubs are going to be a lot of people make their all-star predictions um i think you can get that just about any other podcast you listen to so we want to talk about who we think the snubs are going to be um and what their cases are to be all-stars and why they won't get it that that sort of thing uh but lauren i know there was something else you might want to talk about first what's that what do you got yes so i kind of want to throw something at you it's kind of like an idea that i just I want people to consider, and I don't necessarily think that, oh, maybe this, this should be the case or, or whatever, but I, I think it's an, int- it's an interesting thought that I had. And so it's, it's about the most improved player uh, award. And I know you and I have, we talked about our awards, our really early predictions. Um, a couple, we've talked to, I mean, we've just had the conversation. And so what I want to throw at you is, do you think that, players that come back from major injuries and perform well or people have written them off and think that they're done and they come back do you think that they should be included in the most improved uh conversation because they're obviously we talk about the players and the in the MIP conversation that have gone from solid role players to now seemingly all-stars but do you think that players should get recognition for, and I don't know if you would maybe even try to do a different award or whatever the case may be, but do you think that they should get that recognition of maybe, I don't know if maybe their numbers are, are that imp- or are as impressive as these guys that are maybe someone like Jeremy Grant, who's a perfect example, a guy that's just doing everything on a team that's not really performing all that well. But say you have a guy on a team that's performing, that's like kind of middle of the pack, but he has come back from a major injury, has put in all this work and he is doing things. Maybe not the same numbers that are like, not the same extent of a guy who's doing it all himself, who will like in turn have better numbers, but a guy that is coming back and doing things. And I don't know that this would be, I don't know that this guy that I'm about to name would be like a, a perfect example of this, but this is what started the conversation with myself about it. DeMarcus Cousins, who the, he, I got the notification that his, his contract was guaranteed for the rest of the year. And I instantly started thinking about some of the moments that I've seen him have and, and the impact that he's having on Houston. Like Houston is, they're not, they're not a complete disaster. Or like they, don't, they haven't fallen off like a lot of people expected them to. And he has had some really solid games. One of a, one of them against us in, in Dallas, where he just absolutely bodied us. And he, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have his numbers pulled up right in front of me. So I, I can't sit here and be like, Oh, he would win my most improved vote over someone like Christian Wood or Jeremy Grant. Um, so I like, I, I can't say that, but the point I'm trying to make is, do you think that that should be a part of the conversation because players that come back from major injuries, I feel like fall out of many conversations. They don't really necessarily get the respect. They don't, people kind of look at them as like, well, they're who knows if they'll actually stay healthy. Like, are they really, is that contract really worth it? Should we really sign them? And so I don't know that they, 
I don't know that they are, they just need that recognition from somewhere, but I just, I think it's interesting. Like, where do you think the people that come back from major injuries fall? And I don't want to mention John Wall as well, only because they're from the same team, but what does it say about the players that come back from major injuries? Like KD, KD is like on, I mean, on another level, he was my early MVP vote, but now things have, have shifted obviously. And I don't think that he will get it, but um, KD came back from a major injury and he's kind of like an outlier, such an extremely talented player, but he's coming back and performing at a, at a crazy level from a major, major injury. So you take that scale and shift it downward a little bit and look at some of these other guys who are coming back. Maybe they're a little bit older, maybe they're this, or they've dealt with multiple injuries. Like just what I, I, I want to get your thoughts on that situation. Right. So, so there's kind of a, a lot to unpack there. Cause you kind of, you took a couple different directions. So I want to make sure I hit every point here. Mm-hmm. Um, while you were talking, I did a quick Google um, because kind of what you you're almost alluding to is kind of a comeback of the year player type thing where somebody I like who that. I like yeah. that comeback and of the year, the NBA has not had a comeback of the year since it uh, looks like 1985, 86 season. So they really don't have this award. And, and I don't, I don't know why not. I know the NFL has a comeback player but I think that's kind of more of where this fits Mm -hmm. just because I I think I think your thought process is is good your logic makes sense of of somebody who um was injured and is now making a difference Uh, but I think you then almost brought up KD and it's kind of like oh well did he really improve I don't know that he improved from last year. He's not hurt anymore. So that's kind of where like there's, there's the hole in, in the the logic, I guess. Um, But, but I'm not, I'm not completely against the idea. I think the comeback of the year player makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then, then you can look at different things. And and again, I don't know if KD, like like you talked about how, how much of an outlier he is. Like, I don't know if he would qualify for that. I mean, maybe I guess he would, and it would be kind of a runaway. Uh, you talked about DeMarcus Cousins. I pulled up his stats. He's been very streaky. He's only averaging right. nine points a game and seven rebounds. So he's not like by any means carrying them, um, but he's not, he's, he's come up big in different moments for them too. So I, it's kind of, it's interesting. I, I think right. it, it I, definitely is an interesting conversation. And it's not a bad thought. I just, I lean more towards a comeback player of the year more than throwing someone like that coming back from an injury into the most improved. Right. For We've sure. seen, and we talked about this, feel free to go back and listen to our first podcast where we talk about our way too early award predictions. Um, but we talked about kind of the criteria usually used for a most improved player mm-hmm. is the guy who steps into that all-star type player, the all-star potential. And we'll talk about some of those guys um, who are maybe first time all-stars or who are looking to be all-stars this year um, coming up. But but that's usually what you see, I think, when you look at that award. And so, yeah, it's tough for me to, like, pin somebody coming back from injury to be one of those guys. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I think uh, my the reason I, I thought and mentioned DeMarcus Cousins, obviously, I, I very clearly remember that game against Dallas. But <laughs> uh, DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that he kept dealing with injury, just injury after injury, and he was, he was like, signed by the Lakers and signed by the Warriors. And he just, he wasn't really getting, like he was getting hurt, but he was not ever 
showing, getting to show his talents or where he was as a player currently. And so I think a lot of people wrote him off. And so while he is streaky, the fact that he's having the role that he is for Houston. And I, I do think is a part of the reason that they have success. Like I think Christian Wood is a huge, huge part of that, but um, other than them or other than uh, Christian Wood, like if you look at all their big men, like Boogie is a part of like, he's, I mean, he's just a part of that group and and I think his presence is is kind of important to what they're trying to do as a team and so um like I said I don't really know that I would I would ever say oh I'll take well if I guess on the most improved thought process like I would never say I would take a boogie over someone like Christian Wood or Jeremy Grant but I just I think the whole the comeback of the year thing is is really I like it. I think it's, I think it's a good idea. Um, and I, I just think that there are so many players that, that could get recognition and, and yeah, with KD, like if they were to do that this year, I think it would definitely be KD. And and there are going to be years where you have guys like run away with it. I mean, it could have easy, easily been like clay next season would run, would potentially run away with the, the award. Right. But um, I think that there are going to be years where it's like, you know what, this guy, he has made his way back. He has like, like say, well, people are going to, people are going to give me crap for this, but say three years from now, Isaiah Thomas, comeback player of the year, gets on a team. He's putting up quality minutes. He's a part of like, he could be in like a Utah jazz type situation where he's adding to the value and the team is just so solid offensively and they're putting up numbers and they're, they're having a lot of team success and he's a solid role player that's giving them quality minutes. So it's it's just stuff like that, where I think you're not necessarily looking at the top heavy talent, or you're not looking at the, the guys across the league that get all the national attention and get all the, um, you know, the easy media attention. Uh, but some of these guys that are just, they're putting in work and, and I think deserve the credit. So that's just, that was all I had on it. But uh, do you have any, any final thoughts on it before? No, I mean, most improved player, it's kind of one of those awards that doesn't, I mean, we talk about the criteria that we think where it's somebody stepping into an all-star role for the first time. Um, And that's only developed over the past six, seven years. It has not always been that way. And so it's one of those those awards that does not have a defined set of criteria like defensive player of the year um a little more defined mvp i guess maybe a little more broad but but still generally um got to be one of the the top five guys in the league and so yeah yeah most improved player there's just there's just kind of a wide range of what you could get so i don't know we'll see what we get um as the season goes on maybe we'll kind of update our predictions later uh, based on on what we had in our our first pod, but who knows? We'll see what happens. But let's get into the All Star discussion. The mm-hmm. starters for each conference were announced last week. The reserves are going to be announced this Tuesday, February twenty third, uh, Tuesday night on TNT. So we're going to try to, I guess, we're going to try to predict who those reserves are, but more importantly, talk about who we think is going to get snubbed. So. Um, well, just to review, I think we're going to start in the West. So Luka, Steph Curry, LeBron, Jokic, and Kawhi are the starters. Uh, and everyone real quickly talked about how Dame was snubbed um, over Luka. That seemed to be the conversation. And I think mm-hmm. Dame's probably a lock for the All-Star. But is there anything you want to talk about with the West starters and that before we move on to talking about some of the reserves and the snubs? Yeah, definitely. And and I know you know how I feel about this. I kind of hinted at it on Twitter saying that I had a hot take to give here. Um, 
and kind of following the same theme of giving certain guys recognition. Uh, I absolutely think Dame deserves to be like, he, he deserves to be there. Like he's putting up, he's, he's putting up the numbers. He doesn't have necessarily a whole lot of help right now. Uh, but in my opinion, and I think you and I are in the same boat on this, the fifth starter or, or the, the one person that might not necessarily deserve to be there where I'm at is, or be a starter is Kawhi. I personally think that Kawhi is, I mean, he's, he's putting up good numbers. He's doing a lot of things. The Clippers are doing well, but I think Dame has more reason to be there than, or be maybe have that fifth spot. And and I told you, and, and I don't know this. So if anyone wants to comment or DM or, or put me in their mentions or whatever, I don't know what determines whether or not the fifth starter comes from the front court or the back court. So if someone could explain that to me, that would be great. Um, but I think that the fifth starter should have absolutely come from the backcourt because there's a lot more depth there in my opinion. So I, that's, that's just where I'm at. But I, my hot take that I have to give is I don't think it was Dame. That was the biggest starter snub. I think it was Donovan Mitchell. I think, I think the Utah jazz are not getting the recognition that they deserve. Don't get me wrong. I see the tweets of, oh, the Utah Jazz have won this many out of this many ga- these this many past games. Or look at this ball movement by the Utah Jazz. But they are not being taken seriously. Everyone is sitting here waiting for Brooklyn to kind of tie it all together and go make a run in the playoffs. Everyone is looking at LeBron and saying, oh, man, What's happening with AD? He just needs to rest. He'll be fine come playoff time. We're going to get an LA Brooklyn showdown. It's going to be epic. Like it's going, everyone is setting the stage for that. So no one is taking seriously what the Utah Jazz are doing. And don't get me wrong, where Portland is at in the Western Conference standings, currently at fourth, the numbers Dame's putting up, given given the injury situation over in, in Portland, very impressive. But what the Utah Jazz are doing is insane. It is absolutely insane. And so I think if it were up to me, take out Kawhi, put in Donovan Mitchell. And I've got to, I've got to read their stats real quick because I know Donovan Mitchell has Rudy Gobert's help over in Utah. And like I said, Dame is, is struggling over there. Personnel wise, Portland, not Dame, Portland is struggling. So that's impressive. And he deserves the recognition for that. But like I said, Utah's jet, Utah's record is that much better not just better than Portland's better than everyone in the West better than LA better than everyone and so I I absolutely think that that should be reflected in the starters and we can talk about the reserves here in a minute but to give their stats real quick uh Damian Lillard currently averaging nearly 30 points 29.8 points uh, 7.7 assists and 4.4 rebounds. Normally I would round up, but I do think it's important to include that 10th decimal right now. So, uh, essentially 38 and four, uh, Donovan Mitchell is averaging 24.6 points, five assists and 4.4 rebounds. Again, Damian Lillard's numbers are technically more impressive and they are at first glance better, but if you look at what the Utah Jazz are doing as a team, they are so dominant, so good, and I absolutely think Donovan Mitchell deserves more credit than he's getting. So that is why, uh, and and I will also say, if Kawhi, I mean, this doesn't happen, but if Kawhi were to not be that fifth player and it were 
and, and they were to take uh, that third sub, like miraculous, say they were to miraculously switch to a, a backcourt player. I 1000% think the league would choose Damian Lillard over Donovan Mitchell. And that to me is a problem because there's a lot of hype. I love Dame, big Dame fan. Love the way he carries himself. I'm a Dirk fan. So how can I not love Dame? Same kind of mindset. The league would choose Dame. He's got so much like respect and support. And I think Donovan does too, but Dame has been around a little bit longer. People respect him. He, I mean, he just, he has big moments and Donovan Mitchell hasn't had as many big moments and people just are not giving Utah the respect they deserve in my opinion. So that's all I have to say. That's my hot take. I would love to hear everyone else's opinions because I I think there's absolutely a, a case that can be made why it's, why it would be and should be Dame over Donovan. But I do believe that the fifth starter should be Donovan Mitchell. Where do you stand on that? Am I crazy? What do you have to say? Yeah, I think you're a little crazy. And I'm going to push <laughs> back. I'm going to push back a little bit. The problem with choosing an all-star, whether it's a starter, whether it's a reserve, you can't, I don't think you can rely on team results as much as you would for, say, an MVP award. Uh, the MVP award. Okay carries so much more weight, obviously, because it's one player. And here you're choosing all-stars. You're choosing 12 from a conference. Um, but I, I don't think you can use team success as, like, the one true measurement because some of these other teams who are not in the playoffs have great players who deserve to be all-stars. And so, like, right. it's tough to kind of look at that and say, oh, I think because of their success – that's what gives him the edge. I just think Dame's playing on another level. I think he is an MVP candidate this year. Mm-hmm. And so I think he absolutely deserves to be a starter. Now you absolutely hit on something I do agree with. I think it's ridiculous that you have, that it has to be three, three backcourt and two frontcourt. Like I think it should be two frontcourt, two backcourt, and then just the fifth next most deserving guy. And mm-hmm. so like, I think Dame deserves to start more than Kawhi. Um, but Kawhi's a front court guy. Dame's a back court guy. So it is what it is there. Um, I, I don't think Luca and Dame really is a conversation. I absolutely think Luca deserves to be a starter. I think Steph deserves to be a starter. And I think Dame deserves to be a starter. Um, Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi's absolutely deserves to be an all-star too. I just don't think he deserves to start. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you touched on it. Why did, I, have why to, did... I have to, I have to push back a little bit. <laughs> My pushback real quick. Uh, there are so many guys in the all-star conversation. Uh, and, and to me, there are guys that are going to make the all-star reserve or starter based off of the hype that they get over the team's success. For sure. But there are guys that also are kind of more so looking at the reserves that are, there are so many guys that deserve to be all-stars, but will not get there for one of two reasons. And to me, those two reasons are one, they play on a smaller market team or two, their record is not good. And so I think the one guy that kind of goes against that right now is Zach Levine, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but there's so much hype around Zach Levine right now that, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into it. I, I don't think he's going to be a snub. I think he's going to make it because there is so much hype around him and he's, I will read you a statistic in a little bit when we talk about him, <laughs> but, um, but some of these other guys, who like, that's what's looked at is their team record. Like you're putting up the same numbers or similar numbers that I'm putting up, but are we third in the West and you're 12th? 
what does right. that, what does that have to say? And so it's hard because if Donovan was scoring 27 and Dame was scoring 29, like I, but that's just right. not what's happening. It's much and so closer. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough, but for me, I, it, I have a problem when I see, when I, when I think certain guys make it because of the hype that they get, or certain guys get more recognition because of the, the general hype that they get over someone that's doing something insane. So yeah. I, that's I mean, all I have to say. No, I'm but with you on that. A lot of, you're making a lot of sense. I, part of coming up with who we think is going to be snubs, we had to come up with who we think the all-stars were. And that was such a difficult task because, I mean, you touched on it. You can't measure everybody with the same stick. And that is so difficult to do. I mean, you talk about big market versus small market, guys who score a lot versus guys who make an overall impact, Mm -hmm. guys who are on a good team versus on a bad team. Like there are just so many things that you have to measure with that make this so incredibly difficult. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit further, but this is not easy. I don't know how the coaches do this every year. Um, but sure enough, um, they do. So uh, you touched on it a little bit, um, guys who are overhyped or, or are on the bigger market teams. Uh, I, I tried to come up with guys who I thought were locks for all-stars. Mm-hmm. That way I could narrow down who I think might get snubbed um, right. would be a little easier. And, and one of the guys I had as a lock was AD. And I think he's going to be hurt and he's going to miss the all-star game. But I think just the fact that he plays in LA, exactly. um, you, could, you could argue he's the best player on that team. Uh, or maybe the most important player, um, but but he's, I mean, no doubt he played at an all-star level before getting hurt. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think the fact that he gets in L.A. and the fact that he has played so well gets him in there. Um, my, my pushback on it would be, has he played enough games by the time we get to the all-star break? I don't know. Right. Uh, but I do think he gets it, and, and probably deservedly so, because he is playing at an all-star level at the point where they have to decide all-stars as well. So I give AD the nod. Um, but the fact that he's going to be injured kind of opens up a spot for somebody else. Mm-hmm. AD is going to get the all-star recognition, but so is whoever's going to replace him. I know that was kind of a big deal for Devin Booker. I think that was last year who he replaced somebody and got mm-hmm. his kind of first all-star nod. Um, so maybe that kind of opens the door for something similar this year. Um, but somebody else, so we talked about Dame, we talked about Donovan. I think AD's a lock. I think Paul George probably gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Booker, I think, gets in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we start having kind of the debate. Um, one other guy that I have on the bubble, but I think that gets in is Rudy Gobert. And here we okay. go talking about you can't use the same measuring stick for all players. But I think the fact that the Jazz are playing so well um, deserves – two spots in the all-star game and that Mm -hmm. again i i have no real justification for that um but i don't think a lot of people would argue that either it's it goes back to how do you measure all of these guys on a different playing field but i think rudy's in i think donovan's in um and so we we can start talking about some of these guys who you don't think are going to get in but i think that gives you a good picture of what you're looking at do you have any differences there or, or do you want to start getting into who kind of you think takes that 12th and maybe 13th injury spot uh, and some of your snubs or, or, or what do you got? Uh, so, so first I, I don't disagree with with any of those guys. I think you and I are, are on the same page with, with a lot of those guys. And when it comes to AD uh, before, we, well, we'll talk about the Easton a little bit, but AD you play, he plays in LA, he plays with LeBron. Like I, to me, he's going to get it because 
there's again, so much deserving, but the fact that he's injured, I don't think is going to have, it's going to have some impact, but I don't think it's going to have enough of an impact to not even get him that all-star nod. There's just no way, uh, Anthony Davis isn't even considered an all-star. So I think he's going to have to get the nod and then probably not play. And then somebody else will slide in. That's fully what I expect to happen. But uh, yeah, I don't think, I just cannot imagine someone saying Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers, you don't even deserve to be an all-star reserve because you right. just got injured. There's just no scenario yeah. in which that and happens. I, I, I want to clarify that. I, I think he absolutely deserves it. And you were, you were touching yes. on all these same things. He absolutely deserves it. Um, I think the fact that he plays in LA is one thing that helps push him over the edge. Um, but he absolutely does deserve it based on his play. Um, I think the question is obviously around the number of games he's played, but right, I, think, I sure. think he's deservedly going to be an all-star. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, if he if you take another guy on another team who's, like like uh, like Rudy Gobert, t- t- if Rudy Gobert was in the same situation, had a, had an injury where he was going down for three to four weeks, that you would have a completely different conversation. People would be Absolutely. like, well, it's Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's injured, so he's not available, so you can't really, I mean, see ya. Nope. Right. But it's a completely different situation because it's Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. And so I'm not trying to, to hate or come down on. That's just the reality of the league with big market teams. That is a plus of being a part of a big market team. So uh, that being said, there are a lot of fringe guys. I mean, a lot of fringe guys who I think could easily slide in, but just as easily slide out. And so I'm going to try to keep it uh, short, but I want to name, First, I want to address one situation, and then I just want to give you three quick names of of guys that I think deserve to be there but will not be there. Uh, but the first thing that I want to address is Brandon Ingram and Zion. They're both yep. putting up great numbers, but they're not both going to be there. No yep. way. No I think they, way. They get one spot. I don't I think, think they, they get, get two. One. I think they get one, and I think it's Zion. How can you not have Zion in the All-Star game? There's just – I mean, he's putting up great numbers – and everyone loves to watch Zion. NBA is trying to make that money. You know, Zion gets some <laughs> gets some viewers. So, in my opinion, I think Zion is going to be the selection, and I think Brandon Ingram is going to get the snub. Which I think that hurts Bi a little bit. I'm not going to lie because I think he kind of it's weird because I think in a in a sense he views it as his team, but Absolutely. everyone is. And, and I like he he's he's the score. He's the guy. Zion obviously brings a lot to the table, but a lot of people that tune in to watch Pelicans games are there to watch Zion. And so it's it's kind of this weird thing. And I think Brandon Ingram gets a lot of deserves a lot of credit, but I think he's going to get a, I think he's going to get snubbed. So what are your thoughts on that before I give you my two other guys who I think are going to be snubs? Right. So here's my thought on that. I think you're right. I think in the initial vote and and that's or an initial selection, I think they're mm-hmm. only going to get one in. And I Ooh. agree with you that it's going to be Zion. Um, but I think Ingram might slide in and be that injury replacement. Okay. So they might, they might sneak two in there. And I think that's kind of where I lean. Um, I just because, I mean, both guys are playing at a great level. I, I, I'm with you. I think the success of that team falls on Brandon Ingram. Um, but I think Zion's probably the better player, the more impactful player. Um, so I think, of course, it's an all-star game. We, we've kind of talked about the money grab of, of playing this game at all. So, yeah, I think Zion gets in. And, and he is an all-star level player. The problem is there's so many all-star level players mm-hmm. that, that it can be tough. So I'm with you. I think Zion gets in. I think Brandon Ingram could be that injury replacement I like that. guy. Yeah. No, I, I don't hate that one bit. I, I, I could see that happening for sure. 
All right. So who you so. got? So that that kind of puts us at ten. That puts us at ten spots. If we have Zion in, that leaves two more open, plus an injury replacement. We talked about the injury replacement there, kind of potentially being Brandon Ingram. Who are some other guys that you think are right on the edge that might get in or or might be snuck? So I, it's hard because I could go down the list. I think there's a case for Mike Conley, but again, Utah Jazz middle team they are not going to get I don't think they're definitely not going to get three spots so uh you know that I just don't see that but a guy that I I've got to say and I don't I don't think everyone's on board with this I think it's it's maybe not 50 I don't know but I don't I I don't know I don't know where I'm trying to gauge where you stand on this one of them De'Aaron Fox I think he deserves to be there based on the numbers that he's putting up but will not get in given the current state of, of Sacramento. Um, I'm not sure if he will. Uh, I think people might like to see Chris Paul, someone like Chris Paul there over De'Aaron Fox kind of at towards uh, in those last couple of spots. Um, so I, I really don't know. People might, that's where you might even try to see Brandon Ingram. Some people might be looking to see Brandon Ingram, but the guys that are kind of on my snub list uh, in both conferences to me are guys that are on teams that are underperforming, but, they, and, and in turn, they are not getting the recognition because they are putting up numbers, but no one's watching their games. So no one's, no one's caring what they're doing. And so De'Aaron Fox averaging 23 points, three rebounds, and seven assists. I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he's a solid piece. And um, I just, I, I think he deserves a spot. And so I, I would love to see him get it. I'm kind of looking at some of these fringe guys, and I know that there are guys that I haven't even named. And that really just tells you not only how deep the the west is but how many players uh are playing at the all-star level because in the east and the west there are going to be guys that i don't even name because there's just so many of them but these are the guys that i wanted to address because i think uh the more obvious ones like chris paul like brandon ingram these are guys that that people they get a lot of hype people watch them people watch a lot of their games and so they do expect them to be there but some of these other guys who are on more underwhelming teams might not necessarily make it. So Darren Fox is someone that I've got. I've got another one. And then maybe you can just give me your feedback on both of them. The other one is, is DeMar DeRozan. Uh, the Spurs are performing. They're exceeding expectations this year. I think DeMar is, is averaging 20 points, five rebounds and seven assists on a San Antonio Spurs team who is currently ranked sixth in a very tough Western conference. So I think he deserves props there. And I think he deserves a spot again. I don't know if he gets it. I think the league is going to be selective with who they want in that all-star game, who's going to get there, maybe more so than who deserves to be there, or like who's going to, to get viewers as opposed to who's deserves to be there. Uh, and I think De'Aaron Fox, or excuse me, uh, DeMar DeRozan and De'Aaron Fox are two guys that deserve to be there, but might not make it because they're not exactly on the most exciting teams right now. Yeah, so, so first I want to back up. I said we were looking at the 11th and 12th spot. I think we agreed that Zion was going to get in there. We also agreed Rudy Gobert is getting in there. So that puts us at 12 when you round out Dame, Donovan, Paul George, Booker, and AD. AD obviously opens up a spot. So we're kind of talking about the 13th spot here being one of these bubble guys. Um, I lean and I lean a couple ways. It's tough. I think DeMar gets in. Mm-hmm. And here I'm using one guy as the team success for an argument and not using team success as a factor at all for somebody else. Again, this goes back to how do you measure these guys? Right. I think DeMar gets in because he's the best guy on the Spurs who are having a good season. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's kind of where I fall. Um, 
we we may be proven wrong. Brandon Ingram could slide in before Demar, um, but I think I think Demar Derozan having a good year. I just kind of I was skimming through his stats because I, Demar Derozan is a puzzling player to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So going back, he played 77 games in 2018, 2019, 68 games the next year. He shot 45 threes and 35 threes. Uh, respectively in both of those years he's already shot 48 this year he's shooting 33 percent. so by no means is he like nailing them but he's kind of stepping it up this year which I think is interesting I don't know that that has a ton of um, correlation to their success but I find that interesting it is interesting in itself but he's he's facilitating the ball he's scoring the ball doing all the things you kind of expect of DeMar Um, so I could see him in that 13th spot I also could see CP3 getting in that last spot. I could too. Just because, uh, I mean, the pedigree alone, he's obviously um, a great addition to the Suns and has has contributed to their success. Um, so I kind of, I, I see that last, I mean, I, I, these last three spots are going to be kind of, in my it's opinion, going to be between DeMar, CP3, and Ingram. Mm-hmm. You talked about Fox being one of your snubs, and I think you're, you're kind of right on the money there. Um, and I think, the biggest knock against him is that he plays in the Western conference where there are just too many better. other. Yeah. Yes. Better guys. Yeah. And so poor Fox who, who might be deserving of a spot. Um, I think he's on the outside looking in. I agree. Um, I think CP three is going to be on the outside looking in, but I think he has a case for it because of um, he's, he's up there in, in assists. I want to say he's top 10. I just lost my, uh, my screen with all their stats, but obviously a, a clutch time score. We talked about the success that the Suns are having and how he contributes to that. Um, so I think CP3 could get in, but I think he uh, he might be just barely on the outside. I like Demar better than CP3 when it comes to All Stars, but who knows? I'm not. Yeah, exactly. It's that's that's the thing. Is I, personally, I like Demar too over because C- I'm all about who deserves to be there. I don't care about the viewers. Who deserves to be there? Right. Because some of these guys on the middle market teams like. You're, this is your time to get the recognition for the way that you're playing. And so uh, as much as I want to see DeMar there, I could see CP3 getting the nod because he's he's only got so many years left in the league. Like he's – and he's he's back. He's doing things that on – a, on a successful Suns team. And people like to see CP3 reconnect with LeBron and just him with all his guys that he's got all these connections with. And so – that would definitely a lot of people would enjoy to see Chris Paul at the All Star game, and so I could I could right. definitely see him getting the nod. And I I mean Brandon Ingram's going to be there in the future, so yeah. I don't know that you can I don't know that the NBA looks at it that way. Like I don't think you can do that. But right. uh, CP3 man, like he's like what if next year he's having a great year, but he maybe he's on Phoenix and Phoenix isn't doing well. I don't think that's going to happen. But what if what if they're not what if the situation changes? And so it's just, right. uh, I don't know how, I don't know what they take into consideration and how, like, like you said, where, how you measure where that line is drawn. And, um, I guess we'll just have to see, and I maybe react, but Damar, 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 I I'm with you. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I feel like I could be talking in circles where I tell myself in right. one sentence, CP three's in, but then in the next sentence, tell you CP three's not because it really is just so jumbled. I think yeah. at the end of my last like sentence, I, I was thinking to myself, did I just say he's in and now I'm saying he's out? Uh, <laughs> I may have. I don't know. It really is that close where like one sentence I'm convincing myself he's in and right. don't know the next. So right. I think we're going to have a similar conversation when we look to the East. 
but I think we're going to be looking at fewer spots when we go to the East. So let's kind of move that way. Um, we'll talk about, we'll just mention the East starters are Kyrie, Bradley Beal, KD, Giannis, and Embiid. Do you think there were any snubs here in the starters? I don't really think so, but oh, maybe man. worth mentioning. I mean, I, I don't... I, it's ahead. tough. I think if anyone, I think if, if anyone, Jalen Brown, and I know some people are saying James Harden was yeah. the snub, but you I know just don't I, think Harden played enough games in the East to exactly to be a he starter at least. He didn't he didn't play enough games in the East, and there were a number of games at the beginning of the season that I don't really think uh should I mean I don't think people are are taking them into consideration when when considering whether he's not whether or not he should be an all-star starter. But there were games that he played at the ga- the beginning of the season where he was not looking like James Harden. But Jalen Brown, 25.6 points, four assists, five and a half rebounds. Um, yeah. I think he's having a stellar year, and I think he he is getting – I mean, people look at it – I think people look at it as Tatum's team. Uh, but Jalen Brown is doing a lot of things over there in, uh, in Boston. So um, – I'd say maybe, maybe Jalen Brown, but I, I don't know whose spot. I don't necessarily know who I can just say, oh, well, he should have taken this guy's spot. Or... Yeah, that's the thing for me. I don't I don't think there are any guys that you could say he pushes out. But Exactly. Um, so on top of those next five, we talked Tatum, Tatum Jalen Brown, Harden, I think are all locks. I think Trey Young's probably a reserve lock. So that puts us at nine. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at three more spots potentially for – a handful of guys. I mean, there are a number of guys you could put here in these next spots. Um, Do you think there's anybody? I think Levine is probably, you talked about him uh, Mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. I think he's probably safely in um, just because of how well he's playing. He's scoring. He's sixth in the league at 28.5. It's hard to think that he doesn't make an all-star team uh, doing what he is, even in Chicago. Let me ask you something to uh, just, just kind of a quick, quick fire. Uh, and I don't know, maybe let's go top five total points score. I don't know if you have any direction here or any, but I'm looking at a list of total points scored by player and not by game, but total score total. Yeah. Okay. Not average total, yep. total, uh, points who uh, top five, uh, can you, I don't know if you can name the top. I don't know if I'd be able to do this. Do you have any guesses? I think uh, I, could, I could guess. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. So I'm I'm not going to give you order. Okay. Uh, but I think Beal's probably one. Okay. Um, I think tell and tell me if I'm if I'm right, so that'll help narrow me down. So Beal, I assume, is at least in the top five. But my guess is he'd be one. Bradley Beal is number five. Interesting. Okay. So I got Bradley Beal. I think Dame's in there too. Dame is also in there. He is number three. Okay. I'm trying not to cheat. I've got the points per game list up, so I'm trying yeah. not to use that as a cheat. I think I'm trying to look at my list of all-star starters to make sure I don't skip over anyone. Is Steph Curry in the top five? He is. He is number one. Okay. By far, which is like by far, which is great. I love it. Anyway. So I'm feeling good so far. You're doing good. Yep. (laughs) Um, I mean, I want to say Harden, but I feel like he just kind of hot dogged it the first couple weeks of the game. So I don't think he's there in terms of total points. Nope. Um, I don't think Kyrie, he missed some time, so he's not in there. Um, so let's see. I mean, I feel like there's got to be somebody I'm going to miss. Is Trey Young in there? No, Trey is 10. Trey's 10, okay. So my next thought is it's 
I don't want to confidently say this. I feel like Luca's got to be up there. Is Luca in the top five? He's six. Luca's six. You're right there. Okay. Oh, Giannis. Giannis yeah. has got to be in the top five. Giannis is two. Okay. I feel bad that I so you're, I skipped that. So you're missing number four. Who is number I'm four? number four. Over Luka okay. Doncic, Nikola Jokic. So, oh, shit. Sorry. No, I, <laughs> no, you're good. I don't think I was going to put Jokic as one of the top five total scores. And over um, LeBron. Who is number oh, four? Yeah. So let's see. So it's not LeBron. You said over LeBron? Nope. Over LeBron, over okay. Jokic, over Luka. Okay, so here's here's kind of the guys I think it could be. I think it could be Donovan Mitchell. I mm-hmm. think it could be Zach Levine. I kind of lean that way. Mm-hmm. I think it could be Jalen Brown. Um, okay. I'm going to lean Levine. I think I just mentioned how much he was scoring for Chicago. Is it Levine? It is Zach Levine. All right. It is Zach Levine. Zach Levine, uh, according to basketball reference, has 700 700- I'm going to, I'm going to give you their numbers going down the list. Okay. So Steph Curry currently has 898 points. Then it goes down to Giannis at 813 points. So quite the gap you've got there. I know. And then goes to Dame at 805, Zach at 799, Bradley Beal at 786. Zach Levine has like, Zach Levine has nearly 15 more points than Bradley Beal on this season. So I the did all right there. Do- you did amazing there. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I'd have been like uh, Joe Kitsch. I would have not <laughs> been able to do that. So good for you. But um, yeah. So the fact that Zach Levine is in there and people are saying, is this guy an all-star? Yeah. I just, I think he's, I, I personally think he deserves to be there. And I think he will be there because and I'm going to go back to something that Bradley Beal said, but there's a lot of hype around him and, and deservingly. So Bradley Beal said, I think somebody asked him, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but it was something along the lines of how do you think you go from all-star snub to all-star starter? And he said, trade rumors. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, you see something similar with Zach Levine. I do think you see that there's a lot of hype yeah. around him because a lot of teams want him, and you're seeing a lot of videos. Cause it's like, Oh, where would he fit best? You know, whatever. So um, I think he deserves to be there props to him for playing the way he is. And at the level that he is uh, despite all the rumors and talk regarding surrounding him and his, just his name. And so uh, I think he deserves to be there and I think he will be there, but I, I had to play that game with you and, and throw that in there because I don't think people realize that Zach Levine currently has more points this year than Bradley Beal, Luka, Jokic, LeBron, Joel Embiid. Like he's doing insane Absolutely. things out in Chicago. So I'm there with you. So putting Levine in the conversation puts us at 10. I believe we have two more spots for all-stars out in the East. Let me just run through some of the names. We've got Sabonis, Fred Van Fleet, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, Vucevic. I don't know if I said that right. I think you did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there. I think I named seven or eight guys right there, and we're looking at two spots here. So I think there are going to be plenty of snubs uh, and people who are going to feel like they have a case. I, I'm sorry, Knicks fans, but I want to feel like Randle's going to be one of those guys where they just, mm-hmm. oh, but the Knicks are better than everyone thought. Yeah. And I think this just goes to you can't use that as a barometer for everything. And, and I hate, I hate to say that because we're talking about CP three and the success of the Suns being a reason he might get in. Uh, and that not being a factor as much for 
for Randall. So like maybe that it's not fair, I guess, but I just think there are some other guys who maybe on name alone are just going to to get in because it's, it's so close and so jumbled there. Right. Yeah. I mean, before, before we keep going, the, the two guys you named, I think so, so interesting. I think what Philly is doing similar to Utah, so impressive and they will get, in my opinion, I think they will get two all-star spots due to that. And due to the fact that everyone loves watching Ben Simmons, like people, there's a lot of hype around Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons numbers compared to Julius Randall, completely different stories. En Simmons currently averaging, sorry. Oh shoot. Hold on. Sorry. My computer's messing up. I've here got we go. it right here. 15 okay. points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds, almost Nearly two, two steals. steals. Yeah. Yep. So like he's doing a lot, but Julius Randall's numbers, 23 points, five and a half assists, 11 rebounds, almost one steal a game. He's doing like his numbers are insane. So Julius Randall absolutely deserves to be an all-star, but I don't think he's going to get it either. I right. think they would throw two spots to Philly and give Ben Simmons that second spot because who doesn't love Ben Simmons? And he, well, actually, let me not say that because there are a lot of people that don't like Ben Simmons, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he, he's, do, he's all over the floor. His numbers might not be as flashy as top heavy, but he has a huge impact on that team. And he's, he's a lot of the reason why they're playing the way they are. And so um, I do think he's going to get that credit and I think he's going to get one of those spots, but We'll see. I, I would be I would be surprised, but pleased if Julius Randle got that spot over Ben Simmons. Right, I'm with you. For me, so we we talked about. I think, um, I think Randle's going to be a snub. For me, that last spot comes down to, and I, I was about to say it comes down to two people, but then I'm like, well, maybe it comes down to four people. <laughs> so I think the ones we're mostly talking about are going to be Sabonis, Van Fleet, Chris Middleton. And maybe Bam at a bio. I don't think Bam gets in just because of how poor the Heat are. And there I'm going using team success as a barometer <laughs> again. But it's tough. Right. I, I mean, you've got to use something, I guess. And so, I mean, Bam's not having a bad season by any means. I'm going to try to pull up his stats. I mean, he, he's scoring more than he was last year when he was an all star. He's rebounding pretty much the same, about a rebound less. Um, but he's a half a game assist more and he's playing about the same amount. So like, I mean, why shouldn't Bam be an all-star based on last year? But here, here we are. It, it gets so jumbled and so tight um, mm-hmm. that I think you've got to, you've got to draw the line somewhere. And, and if Bam got in, it wouldn't surprise me either, but I think he's just somebody who's going to end up being on the out looking in. I agree. I, uh, so kind of looking at that last spot, I am 1,000%. It should be Mr. Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers. I think that is who it should be, and I don't think it should be close. But I think he's going to get snubbed. I do. I don't think he's going to make it. I think it could be Chris Middleton, who people were talking about the lack of media votes that he was getting uh, in those lists that were coming out that included like the fan votes, the media votes, the player votes. I don't know if you saw that, but Chris Middleton wasn't even on the list. Um, Here it is right here. Uh, Chris Middleton was, yeah, he wasn't even on the list, but Russell Westbrook was and Colin Sexton were. So uh, I think that's interesting. I do think that that's interesting. And, um, but I think, I think the league might give Chris Middleton a nod because again, 
another team in the East that's doing they're doing things and I, God, I don't know if it's going to be Chris Middleton. Like I, that's, I, it really is tough. Cause I think Vooch might get Vooch might get the nod, but yeah, that's I think possible. it should be Sabonis, but I have this gut feeling that he's not going to get it. And I am going to be outraged when I tell <laughs> you, I am going to be so angry if he is not included on that list, but I just have this gut feeling that it's not going to be him. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think Sabonis, I think Sabonis gets the nod when I'm looking at the list. I like his numbers. His numbers are so insane. Right. And Indiana is a good team. So I think he kind of just fits all the little like tiny criteria that you can use to weed somebody out. Um, I'm with you. I think you had, you'd have a very good reason to be upset if he's not an all-star personally. I think he makes it. Um, But you brought up Russell Westbrook. I almost felt bad that I don't even have him on my bubble list here because I mean, somebody else I wrote down, I wrote Drew Holiday, Vucevic, and Jeremy Grant, who I don't think really, um, I mean, maybe Vuce has some warrant, but I don't know that Drew Holiday or Jeremy Grant have much warrant um, mm-hmm. over Westbrook. I think Westbrook, he's only played 19 games, so that I think is holding him back uh, a little bit, but I, he's obviously an all-star type of player. He's right. been there in the past. Um, so I, I've got to throw some love his way. I do think he's going to be on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. um, but but it's definitely going to be close. And I think maybe he deserves some consideration, Um, but, but it's going to be tight. I think, I mean, you talked about Middleton getting kind of some love over Sabonis. Uh, I I just don't see it. I think Sabonis, I personally actually think Fred Van Fleet has a better case than, Mm -hmm. than Middleton, but I think Van Fleet might be on the outside looking in just because there are going to be so many guards already on the Eastern or the Eastern roster that, that I think Sabonis kind of slides in. So I don't know. I mean, my, my biggest snubs I think are going to be Fred Van Fleet, Chris Middleton, and maybe Bam Adebayo. And then after that, maybe Russell Westbrook. I don't know that. I mean, that's a lot of guys to feel like they got snubbed, but of course everybody feels like they got snubbed. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I'm with you there. I just, I think he, I, I like Russell Westbrook's numbers. Uh, but yeah, the 19 games is, is a huge thing. And I think if anyone's looking at, at Washington, they're looking at Bradley Beal. So I just, I can't imagine two guys from Washington getting, getting the nod to the all-star team. So I'm with you as far as outside looking in. Um, but, but yeah, we, we will see what happens. I really hope Sabonis is in there, but the East, I mean, God, it, it, it really is so tight there at the end. Uh, like I, I know I said that I think that last spot should be Sabonis's and I think he's do, what he's doing as far as filling up the stat sheet in so many different aspects and how solid Indiana is doing. I do think that he's like in that, I do think that it's not close in that sense, but uh, I think, I think it's, while I think it's not close, I also think the league is looking at it as it's very, very, very close. And so yeah, it could just mean. as, it could easily be someone over somebody else and so i i will just see what happens but i I mean i can't wait to see what it is because i like just like you said i really do talk and talk and talk in circles around this stuff because it's it's crazy it's so close there's there's definitely no right answer Mm -mm. nope I i think that's all we got lauren is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we head out for the week well, I I have to throw I have to throw this guy out there my sleeper of the week to give you to give some recognition. That's right. I totally I forgot. To, I have to throw this guy out there. And first, I have to say earlier in the week it was uh, it was Sadiq Bay, but he got he got Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So I'm I'm throwing that out. Props to him. I got a new guy. 
What you got? Gary Trent Jr., my Ooh. man in Portland. Last five games, 20.8 points per game, 51% from the three-point line, 92% from the free throw line. Portland's on at 5-0 and right now on a six-game winning streak. Gary Trent Jr. is my sleeper of the week. I like it. Um, my guy's not necessarily uh, of the week because I think if you look at his week um, averages, they're not as strong. Mm -hmm. uh, we recorded February 11th. This guy turned around and had two great games, the 12th and the 14th. It's Justin Jackson, former Mavericks oh, for OKC. It. I love he it. Had a big game against the Nuggets, 20 points, and then he had 22 in against Milwaukee. And I know they won against Milwaukee. I can't remember if they did against the Nuggets or not. He slowed down kind of the rest of the week. Uh, did not get as much playing time. I don't know if he was battling injury. Uh, I haven't looked into that too much. But he had a couple of great games uh, as a former Mav. Absolutely love Justin Jackson. He actually um, works with this foundation that helps special needs. I'm actually going to look the name of it up real quick. Uh, my fiance, for those who don't know, is a special ed teacher. Um, I believe so, it is Gigi's Playhouse, I believe he, is the name of the foundation. Excellent foundation. Yeah, so I absolutely love the work he does there. I believe he started it uh, when he was out in Sacramento, um, mm -hmm. but he's done a lot of great work there. So I'm absolutely a huge Justin Jackson fan. It was great to see him have a couple of big games. Hopefully he kind of keeps that rolling this year. So he's my um, I like it. sleeper of the week. I love that. Yeah, no, he's, he's a great call out. I, I'm happy to see uh, him doing well in, in OKC. And, and I love watching teams. There are like a handful of teams who are young. They play with energy and you can't help but root for that. And for me, those teams are OKC, Detroit, Charlotte, Detroit's not necessarily playing that well, but I really like a lot of their young guys and the energy that they bring. They have, they have had some big wins over good teams. Uh, and I do believe that they are fading for Cade right now going for that number one pick. And I, I like wouldn't that. be, I wouldn't I like be that. mad if they get it. I really yeah. wouldn't. I love Detroit. And so, uh, I, I just love watching these young teams. So seeing these guys, sometimes you see a guy get into a different situation, young teams who play a lot of their guys, give them all chances to go out there and do something on a night to night basis. I love that. I love that for young guys. So uh, I'm happy for Jay Jax and, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see what OKC does too. I'm excited. So it's, it's a lot of fun. These young teams are so much fun. Absolutely. Well, you kind of touched on it. Pistons, uh, maybe fading for Cade. I know they've got Blake Griffin. They're kind of dangling around. Cavs have Drummond uh, hanging out there. So we may have some trades coming up in a couple of weeks. That'll give us uh, something to talk about. You know, we love mm -hmm. talking trades. So I think that's all we got. Lauren, if you don't have anything else, I think we'll see you next week. Let's do it. Yeah, next week.